Hello and welcome to a brand new edition of the Current Account Podcast. In this second episode of the podcast, we're here to talk about a very interesting topic that did catch quite a lot of people by surprise last year. Well, I'm referring to the initial public offerings that came out from the financial services space, more so from small finance banks. Whether it was Utkarsh or ESA, they all came out at prices which was very attractive for investors not to quite consider. Is 2024 going to be any different from what we saw last year? Sridhar Subramanian, who's the investment director at Enam Holdings, is here with us to talk about that. Sridhar, thank you so much for coming on to the show first of all. There was a long pause during the pandemic. Then there were a few affordable housing players that hit the market between 2021 and 22. But 22 was largely a year of some of the newer businesses like SME lenders hitting the market. Valuations we were seeing a good uptick in asking rates. Compared to that 23 was very good in terms of the volume participation, but the qualitative aspects were getting a little challenged like in terms of listing gains weren't as high as what we saw a year ahead. Valuations were a little uh, lower compared to what they may have got if they had come into market a year ago. Getting into 24, 2024, how do you see uh, financial services and uh, the uh, ipo market in combination yeah so i think the ipo market to a large extent also we have to see what is happening on the listed space hmm. in terms of larger financials where are they trading hmm. and the valuation that a new financial services company whether it's an nbfc or a small finance bank or a fintech hmm. at some level has to be in conjunction with what is where the banks are trading or where an nbfc is trading hmm. and we've seen that large financials have broadly underperformed in the last say 18 months mm. they haven't done much mm, mm, mm. as a result the price to book that many of the smaller banks or an nbfc or a fintech that they can get in the new ipo market even mm. in 23 what we saw and mm. what we going to see in 24 mm. will be relatively muted mm-hmm. uh, to because of what has happened to the financials in general mm. and the fact that we've had a interest mm. rate cycle where interest rates have been going up deposit mm. costs have been going up liability is challenging mm. to to mm. get i think the broad context is not as favorable for financials in general mm-hmm. which is why we are seeing this challenging phase and i don't see that change in 2024 mm-hmm. where the valuations will have to be a bit more moderate uh, and not the same that they would have got in 21 which is when we got the peak of all uh, valuation mm. bubbles mm. that's how i would summarize it's very interesting the point that you're making because um the the broader assumption that we are in a uh, elongated bull phase of the market and in in a bull market usually valuations tend to be one of the last things that investors sort of look at yeah. which also gives people who uh, look at listing to quote the asking price as per whatever favors them because it's easy to sell a story in a bull market it's easy to convince investors in a bull market but you made a point a very valid point of how they, we've had two consecutive years of valuations melt down a little and that might carry forward in 2024 which means that somewhere investors are also grow we've had a reasonable change in the regulatory terrain as well which has made uh the ability to do business a little more challenged for, for some of the uh, smaller players where the smaller banks the smaller nbfcs these are with the larger counterparts so i would say that 
what type of companies will come for IPO? I mean, if I look at the pipeline, they are mostly say small finance banks. Mm-hmm. There'll be some specialized in BFCs or fintechs. This mm-hmm. is what I can see. Mm-hmm. I can't see any large bank uh, mm-hmm. coming up for any IPO mm-hmm. uh, immediately. So in that space, what I would say is that if a small finance bank comes for an IPO and has something unique about it, then there's a chance that uh, the investors may fancy investing in it. Mm. Or it comes at a valuation which is very attractive that mm. you have something on the table mm. for the investors. As a result, there's an upside to invest because mm. you have so many small finance banks listed and you mm. have so many other banks listed mm. that there has to be something in it for investors to come in. If any of these happen, then I think those type of IPOs may get very good uh, interest mm. uh, and See, it's highly possible that the IPO market, we still see a little bit of bubble because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there is huge amount of subscription in IPOs because of the retail participation. Yes, yes. But the thing is that a lot of them are flippers. So right. you need follow on buying to come and that normally comes from institutional investors. Right. Unless there is a proper story and the valuations are compelling, institutional investors are not going to come. So the fact that we are seeing poor, uh, you know, mm. gains in the market mm. is because the flippers will anyway flip and institutional investors are not really chasing some of these stocks. Mm. As a result, you are seeing these poor gains. Mm. I don't see that changing. So I'm really not, you know, wanting to chase an IPO or a finance company because there is a FOMO for us to invest. There's, there's no second chance. I think being in the market for 25 years, you know that you always get a chance. <laughs> so there is, there is no, so we will be very, uh, we will take a balanced view on the right. company based on the valuations and the bank itself or the NBFC that comes based on their business models. Perfect. And you were also somebody who flagged off the issue of unsecured loans, higher proportion of unsecured loans festering in the system since a long time. Today, the laws around it have also tightened. In this backdrop, would you look at the financial services space slightly differently or with a little more caution, names which would hit the market with a higher proportion of unsecured? Do you believe that just because of the regulatory changes that have happened could have slightly weaker chances uh, vis-a-vis a a, a player already listed with a relatively secure book? Yeah, so I would say that you know, when an RBI governor comes about six months back and says that in our supervisory process, we mm. found mm. many institutions are using various innovative means means to evergreen. We take those comments very seriously. Mm. And from the time the governor had made those comments, we've gone back and checked every financial institution that we own mm-hmm. in terms of their balance sheet and if there is any possibility of any sort of evergreening investors we have very limited uh, data available for us mm. to really do uh, these sort of due diligence but whatever is available based on our past knowledge of mm. how banks have evergreened mm. uh, we've internally created a red flag green flag for companies mm-hmm. or banks uh, which may possibly be doing this and possibly banks which are a bit more cleaner mm. so our investment process we've sort of uh, you know strengthened a bit more in the nbfc or in the financial services space banks including mm. uh, so based on that i would say that if it is a new company or a new bank which is coming up uh, or a new nbfc our internal processes will be far more stringent mm. because we don't have past track record data 
So we'll be far more, uh, you know, cautious in getting into a new IPO mm. unless and until we are very sure of the numbers. Perfect. And uh, just some time back, you mentioned the word FOMO. There's no more FOMO in the financial services space. But uh, uh, a couple of years back, two years or so back, to be to put a number, uh, Paytm was an IPO, a FOMO IPO. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't play out so well, but. Um, probably before the circular on unsecured loans came up, there was a lot of interest building up in Paytm. Uh, so is the case with some of the fintech or the the new age or the new economy financial services companies that listed in the last two years. There is an expectation that 2024 may see some of these fintech guys hit the market given how Mobiquick has once again refiled for IPO. Um, has the market matured to understand fintechs, appreciate and welcome fintechs from a investor perspective? So, uh, without going to specific names, sure. I think the market's now appreciating that fintechs have a role to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem with 21, not only with uh, you know the financial services, in general, new age tech companies were getting mm-hmm. valued uh, with some irrational exuberance. Mm-hmm. And I think that exuberance has surely come down. Sure. Uh, and I think the market is now smart enough to understand that there were some mistakes that were made. Hmm. Uh, fortunately, we didn't participate in any of those hmm. IPOs in 21. Hmm. As I said, we don't really have, uh, you know, the benchmark or we don't have peer groups to, uh, you compare. know, do a, a compare or the daily NAV pressures. So maybe not with all my fund manager friends who are on the other side, but that's the benefit that we have. And uh, hmm. even the companies have understood that some sort of a, a mad number in terms of matrix or some valuation which a private equity was willing to pay is not what uh, the public markets look at. Mm. There has to be a path to profitability. There has Mm. to be a business model which is different. I think the learnings of 21, I think the markets will be willing to accept uh, fintechs if they come up with, uh, you know, valuations and Mm. business models which are reasonable. Mm. Uh, I think there's an opportunity and scope for such companies. What are the two, three very critical things if you were to put your money in these fintechs you would urge investors to pay a lot of attention to, be convinced thoroughly about before they can subscribe to these? So the first thing is that, is the fintech solving any particular problem or is it just a me too? At least to start with, there is a case, the business case for them that they are doing something which is very different Mm. uh, and then you follow through. In most cases, we've seen that if you are you're in the financial market, then there has to be some linkages to lending because that's where sure. the money is. Sure. You know, sure. services business can only take you to up to a point. Hmm. So if you want uh, to make serious money in the financial services market, there has to be a lending business somewhere. Hmm. The core that, yeah, So that somewhere. becomes the second pillar, uh, which hmm. is that if there is a lending business, hmm. then is there credit processes? which uh, are strong enough to uh, withstand cycles Uh, because in a good cycle everything goes through Mm. it's only in a bad cycle you know whether the processes that they had were were good enough to uh, take you through an entire cycle Mm. so I think I would say these two would be one of the most important pillars Mm -hmm. uh, that we would evaluate a fintech or a new age financial services company Mm. uh, coming into uh, into the IPO market.
great well we don't have any timelines yet as to which is going to be the first talk uh, to hit in 2024 um are you really an ipo investor at all we do invest in ipo we also invest in pre ipo also okay. but uh, as i said that our, our processes are quite uh, stringent and we don't have fomo so we don't <laughs> have to invest we can always sit on the sideline and watch and always get in at the right time right time with that it was a wrap on this edition of the podcast we'll come to you soon with another interesting topic till then take care stay safe